You have one unheard message. Hi, I was calling Current, the influencer marketing platform, but I think I just got redirected to a bunch of people listening to a podcast. Well, anyways, I was calling Current because I was told they could help get my brand set up on TikTok Shop and even build out an affiliate program of content creators promoting my brand and even have those content creators go on live streams and promote my product there. Wow, I could really use Current. I also heard that the brands they work with are making millions in sales. I guess I'll just go to their website at current.tech. Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient. Corient provides wealth management services centered around you. They focus on exceeding your expectations and simplifying your life. Corient has been helping high achievers just like you enjoy their lives more fully, preserve their wealth, and provide for the people, causes, and communities they care about. As one of the largest integrated fee-only registered investment advisors in the U.S., Corient has deeply experienced teams in 23 strategic locations. Corient has extensive knowledge spanning the full spectrum of planning, investing, lending, and money management disciplines. Leverage Corient's exclusive network of experts to craft custom solutions designed to help you reach your financial goals, no matter how complex they may be. Real wealth requires real solutions. For more information, connect with a wealth advisor today at Corient.com. That's C-O-R-I-E-N-T.com. Corient.com. Hey, welcome everyone to the From the Shadows podcast. I'm your host, Shane Grove, and with me as always is Jason, the super producer. Greetings, everyone. And sitting across from me is a man who, can we talk, can we even allude to your experience last night? Not yet. Not yet, okay. Very terrifying experience. Okay, someone who had another very terrifying experience, the artist formerly known as? I'm going as the barrister. Going as the barrister. (laughs) So the the barrister's in the house. And uh, before we uh, before we bring our guest on today, uh, we want to welcome a new, another new Patreon member, Amy, who is from Ohio, and I'm going to totally embarrass her now, but when she reached out to me, she admitted she has a huge crush on the Ozark Howler, and Ooh. she alluded to the fact that despite the, that she's married, that she would probably give him a kiss on the cheek. Ooh. So... Everybody is out there. You got to step up your game if you're going to beat Amy, because I think she's first in line to give a howler, a howler, a big kiss. What do you think? Ah, oh, wow! Congratulations, Amy! Congratulations! <laughs> Our condolences. <laughs> but thank you. But Amy, thanks for uh, thanks for coming to becoming a Patreon. And anybody else out there that wonders what goes on on the Patreon page. You know, go check it out. It's from the Shadows podcast on Patreon, and you, there's all kinds of, uh, should we say, unedited material? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. There's a lot of good stories. There's always a, a, a an Ozark Holler episode that's 
not ready for prime time. There's a lot of behind the scenes stuff. Um, so go Listener check it out. stories. Listener stories. So go check it out. Mm-hmm. And if you're listening to us, whatever, uh, whatever podcatcher you're listening to us, if you're listening to us on YouTube, make sure you subscribe, make sure you like us, leave us a good comment, be more than welcome, you know, more than welcome to, uh, take, a lot of praise. And don't and don't hesitate to share the episode because that helps bring us yeah. up in the algorithm. Yeah. And if you have a story and you're listening to us, or, Judge, what is what's the email? The from the from sh- the shadows podcast at yahoo.com. Is it Yahoo or Gmail? Oh, it's Yahoo. Are you sure? Yeah, yeah, look, you I'm sure? telling you. Hey, go to our wow. website from the shadows podcast and just contact us or you can contact us. Golly, you're right. It is Gmail. It is Gmail. Jeez, this isn't I'm this looking. isn't 1997. We're not using. But and, and trust me, I have it on my phone. I'm always looking for um, interesting questions. Somebody send in a question yeah, for send me. In and a question. Want to want to know uh, about some of my experiences or anybody else's? I love to hear from from various listeners from different things. And yeah, we like yeah. to talk to people. And in fact, our guest today got a hold of me through our From the Shadows podcast. Instagram page, send us a, send us a message. So, you know, this, I got this message and, and I'm reading it and it's, you know, I, this guy telling me he's got all these experiences and he's a, he's a professional and he's just ready to, to, to kind of tell us, tell us experiences for lack of a better way to describe it. So we'll introduce Brian from West Virginia right now. Brian, welcome to the show. Hey, thank you so much. This is so cool. I feel like I'm on the radio. <laughs> uh, you'll get over it. You'll get over it. <laughs> you, you, you will be in a few days. So, so Brian, why don't you tell our listeners, uh, you know, where exactly, well, as close as, you know, close as you want to tell them where you're from and why it is you felt compelled to reach out to us. And then let's get into some of these uh Cool stories that I've already heard, but uh, but the judge and Jason, or I'm sorry, the barrister and Jason have not heard. <clears throat> well, my gosh, um, it's just been a very paranormal life that I've had. Uh, <laughs> I grew up uh, near Charleston, the capital. You guys drive through it every time you go to the beach. The Golden Dome. Yeah, yeah. That's like the uh, most expensive and valuable thing we keep in West Virginia. (laughs) Other than Bo Kennedy of the Bump Podcast, I just have to mention. It's a prerequisite. If we do something in West Virginia, I got to mention Bo Kennedy. He's the second second most valuable thing in West Virginia. (laughs) I I feel guilty. I, I do. I feel guilty that I called you first and didn't talk to Bo. So, Bo, if you ever hear this, I apologize. He'll hear it and he'll be, he'll send me a text and be like, how are you beating me to my own backyard? So just, just luck. Now I feel like chopped liver. You feel like, <laughs> I feel like the guy who like had to ask a girl to the prom because the girl he wanted to go to, he knew would say no. So he went with the, as John Cusack would say from the movie, the sure thing. So we're the sure thing. We're the sure thing. Okay. All right. I guess. I okay. I don't know how that translates into the world of podcasting. That we're the sure thing. But okay. Well, we'll, we'll let go. anybody on here. Right? We'll go. Jeez. Oh, so go ahead, Brian. Excuse us for, for the detour. Hey, no problems. Um, but I, 
West Virginia, you know, as, as you know, is very rural. Uh, you drive through a highway, you drive through a town, but we're just, you know, 75, 80% trees. <laughs> <laughs> it, it, it's woods and it's mostly uh, vertical. So uh, there are plenty of places here to hide. And even though I grew up near Charleston, uh, you know, I could be in Charleston in a half hour, but I grew up up a holler, up a holler. <laughs> you, you know, so he's way on the sticks. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right across the hill from Boone County, which uh, Bo would know because it's not far from him. Um, so I, I just I grew up outdoors. I grew up uh, always looking up at the sky. I'm just very curious my whole life, and, and I grew up experiencing things that other people would find strange, uh, but this was normal to me. You know, like, I, I think I mentioned uh, to you the other day, my mom, you know, how she would have these little precognitive moments where she would know someone in the family had died before anybody knew. Uh, and I would get those two later on when I got a little older. Um, but not, not, you know, nothing creepy, nothing scary. You know, we weren't seeing dead people or talking to dead people, at least not yet. Uh, <clears throat> I, I did hear my grandmother after she died. I, I, I always think she kind of came back just to say goodbye. Uh, I, but I was about five or six. Um but other than that, I didn't have a lot of paranormal stuff going on for a while, uh, unless you count UFOs. <laughs> we'll count those in this in this circumstance. Yeah, that, that'll qualify for now. <laughs> for now. Yeah, uh, okay. Um, you know, as a kid, uh, I saw quite a few. Uh, the first I remember ever seeing, I liked to have my bed right up against the window so I could look out at night and look at the stars and see the sky. Uh, and I had a place where I could do that. Now, you know, we only got sun from 10 to two up there, but we did have a little sky. Uh, and we don't have hollows for anyone listening in West Virginia. It is not a hollow. It's a holler. Just like when you holler at somebody, otherwise you're a foreigner. Well, can you at least tell our listeners what a holler is? For the yeah, for yeah. those that, for those yeah, that I mean, all over the world, people that don't. all over the world who would not be familiar with this type of vernacular. Oh well, that's true. Uh, it, it, it's a gap between mountain ridges. Usually, there's a stream running through it. Not always, uh, and they vary in size. And uh, in West Virginia, that's where people tend to settle because there's just a little bit of flat land there. Otherwise, you know, you've got to carve out your flat spot in order to, to build your house or drag your trailer up a mountain or whatever you're going to do. Um, and I, I pretty much grew up over a coal mine. <laughs> oh, uh, there were coal mines riddled all through uh, that area where I, where I grew up. Uh, you could go just a few hundred yards up the hill and run into, run into actual working coal mines from where I lived when they would set off charges, like when they were strip mining and we were going to blow off a huge piece of mountain, uh, it would shake everything. 
<clears throat> so, you know, that's that's how I grew up around the coal mines, coal dust, coal miners. Um, and looking up, like I said, and so I, I'd lay there in my bed at night and look at the stars till I fell asleep. But one night I looked out and there was a, uh, a boomerang sort of thing up in the sky and it had white lights along the wings. I remember telling myself, oh, it's a fighter plane. But you know, I think back on that and fighter planes have to move. <laughs> they don't hover. <laughs> and, and, and this thing was hovering and uh, it just sort of uh, glided away and did this funny turn and went off and disappeared. And after that, I really started paying attention, you know, looking up even more. Um, so I saw things like, you know, one time, uh, there was this collection of colored lights and they didn't seem to have a shape or a form and, and there didn't seem to be any pattern, but they were close together and they were moving across the sky and they sort of followed the mountain ridge, came back across the sky. And I'm watching it this whole time, trying to figure out if there's a shape to it or if there's a pattern and, uh, and then it just uh, it broke apart. A few of the lights went one direction, and the other lights just sort of shot off. Wow! Uh, <laughs> kind of like close, like the scene in Close Encounters of the Third Kind, where mm-hmm. they just. Well, I'm just thinking like it was like maybe this conglomeration here, and then the ship just broke off into little ships and just took yeah. off. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, that's what yeah. I'm saying. <laughs> so it was at that point you knew it wasn't. Something man-made. (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. You know, it wasn't from this earth. So, Brian, so so for people, and we got listeners from all over the world, but but some people, you know, live in major metropolitan areas. Describe what the sky is like when you're out in a place, because I've been there in West Virginia, when we talk about light noise and light pollution and things like that, describe what what the sky looks like on a clear night. Because it would blow people if you've never been out in these areas. Oh yeah, it mm-hmm. would just totally. It's it's you know a stargazer's dream. It's like being yeah, out in yeah. the desert at night. Yeah. yeah. So, what? That's we, exactly what I was going to say. The only thing comparable is out in the desert because you don't have people around. Yeah, I used to live in the uh, high desert. That was one of my favorite things is to head out there at night times and sit in the back of the pickup truck. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, you weren't abducted when you went out there, huh? No, no. I had a lot of coyotes that would get curious and come close to the bed of the truck, but that was it. Mm-hmm. So the ability to see things that maybe you wouldn't see if you were in a major city, um, it, it, you can see it. I mean, it's just it, it's amazing. It's unreal. Yeah, so you maybe you're seeing things yeah. that other people could have seen, and, and it, but they're living in densely populated areas. Like, you know, like you, yeah. you look at the map of – of the world at night and you see all the lights and then, then you look over places like West Virginia and stuff like that. And it's, it's mm. dark in areas. Yes. Yeah, exactly. There are lights along the interstate highways, but for the rest of it, and the time I'm talking about was back in the 1980s. Mm. And uh, a lot of people didn't even have dusk to dawn lights. Oh boy. Yeah. yeah. So, I mean, oh. it, Dark, and you could see the sky, and you could see the Milky Way. Yes. Yeah, I can remember laying out on the the hood of that you know seventy nine Dodge my dad had, and just you know <laughs> staring up at the sky. 
<laughs> more, more stars than you can possibly count in a lifetime. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. unbeatable. So after that experience, what other experiences did you have? Um, I think the only other the only one of note at that time was uh, there were people in Charleston. There was a buzz about people seeing something in the sky that they couldn't explain. Uh, and so, you know, that came from the city, so it had to be pretty low. Uh, my mom's my mom's friend called her and was telling her about it and asking, you know, she said it was going up the river. Could we see it? So we walked outside and looked to see if we could. And, and sure enough, kind of distant, we could see a ball of light that seemed to be changing colors. And uh, we stood there and looked at it for a while. And, and this is the strange thing that happened. You, you guys know what an A-10 warthog is? Yes, I uh, do. Yeah. Yeah. So a squadron of those things comes flying in low, circles, and goes right back out toward that. So they knew. So, so they. Well, the the cr- crazy thing is, is that you back then people were able to get on the phone and call you and say, "Hey, something's coming your way. Go outside and look." Yeah. You know, that's crazy. Yeah. It was pretty weird, and and I don't know where those planes even came from. They had to come from some distance, because at that point, the West Virginia Air National Guard was just C-130s. Mm. <clears throat> so maybe so they, I don't know how maybe long they, had they had tracked it. Yeah, maybe they had been chasing yeah. yeah. Yeah, they had to. Yeah. yeah. Now, did you ever see any, was there any reports in the newspaper or on the news about that, considering there was such a large... Uh, so, you know, a lot, so many people saw it. The, the news, if they get enough calls, they will make a mention. People are seeing something. We don't know what it is. Please stop calling. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> that's typical. Yeah. Now, that That's about all you get. Um, you know, that, and it was the 1980s. Uh, it was a different time, different world. Shucks. It was probably those dang Russians, you know. <laughs> well, later on, things got more interesting in the 90s, though. Well, the music, yeah. the music sucked, but... Oh, well, what about... <laughs> but what, but, so, what, so what happened in the... So what happened then as you got older? Wait a minute. I'm pulling the musical dagger right out of my heart. Um, There's nothing better than 70s music. <laughs> Well, maybe not. Actually, I love the 70s, 80s, and 90s. But anyway, um, so in in the 90s, I was in college, and uh, I had this little red Chevette. You guys remember Chevettes? Yeah, our buddy had a red red Chevette, and I drove in college a 1979 gold Chevette. Oh, yeah. It was gold. We called it cold gold. Because the heater didn't. Because the heater. <laughs> Listen, that's a whole our bad car stories from oh, cop, high school and college. Drove, that me, could that could be like a whole separate oh, episode. So, so we'll, me, me and my two buddies drove that red Chevette from Ohio all the way down to Daytona for spring break, yeah. and it died on the way back, and we had to scrap it. But it made it. <laughs> it, it 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 died. Um, just outside a little town called Upper Sandusky, but it almost made oh, it, yeah. almost made it back. So any, our, so any of our listeners to the that hear this, feel free to inundate our 
message box with your worst car stories, and maybe we'll do a compilation. <laughs> There's nobody has like. the worst car story than Grover. Yes, I have the worst <laughs> of all time. But, but that's for the Patreon. That's for the Patreon. So, Brian, continue on with your show. Yeah, yeah. So, anyway, um, I was with my wife. I, at the time, she was my girlfriend. <clears throat> uh, we were on a late night run to to get some food. We, we did that a lot in college. And uh, we were on the way back and all of a sudden, you know, I see this thing and I'm slamming on the brakes, pulling off the, the road, um, hovering above these houses and going across this area is, I don't know what to call it. It was some sort of ship or satellite or I don't know, but it, it, it it glowed. It was an incandescent glow, but it wasn't bright. Like it was a whitish light bulb sort of thing, but it was a perfect sphere, it looked like. And it had these two bright red round spheres that were circling it slowly. Uh, they didn't appear to be attached to it. This was probably, you know, 11 o'clock or something, 1130 that night. Uh, and around here, they've already rolled up the sidewalks at that point, And everybody's in their house. And it was like March of 95. Uh, we had two incredible experiences that month in that year. Well, this, this was one of them. So this thing, you know, I rolled down the window. It's making no sound. And, and all I can do is stare at it and try to figure out, you know, what am I looking at? Uh, well, I was fairly new to the area, and uh, I didn't know my way around. I tried to follow it. That failed. Ran up a dead-end road. But at some point, it uh, the two red spheres stopped circling it horizontally. They went over it vertically once, and it was like it did that, and it changed directions and shot off you know, away from us. Um, so, you know, you don't tell people because they're going to think you're crazy. I, I really, I always wanted to kind of go up in that area and ask people, did they see anything weird? But on the other hand, I was young and I didn't really know how to do that or if I even wanted to try to start doing that. But, but your girlfriend, now your wife, I mean, she saw it too, right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. So you know you're not crazy because somebody else is witnessing it with you. Well, I work in mental health. Really bad mushrooms you two picked earlier. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I knew there was something because they were red. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Well, I work in mental health, so I'm never sure I'm not crazy. But well, you know the interesting thing, and, and I want to ask your opinion on this. So, so we we've had this discussion about UFOs, um, and just because something is an unidentified flying object in and of itself doesn't mean that it's an alien spacecraft from another world, right? Um, it's just un, unidentified. It could be you know top secret, uh, you know military, you know equipment they're working on. So, so yeah. what are you? What are your thoughts on what you saw? Do you think this is something from another, you know, otherworldly ship, or do you think this could be something? And why do you think you keep? Why do you think at this point in your life right. you've seen something four different times? And apparent, and I mean, you've sent me pictures, so I know this isn't like it doesn't stop at four different times, right? Why do you do you think it's just 
West Virginia? Or do you think it's you? Because are they trying to make contact with you? Or you just happen to be more observant? Well, I am observant. I think that... I think that we're part of this weird circus that we don't understand. Um, I think West Virginia is a perfect place for something like this. If you wanted to study humans, rural West Virginia is a great place to go get them because nobody's going to notice uh, and nobody's <laughs> going to believe them. So, you know, okay. uh, dumb hillbilly, you know, uh, dumb hillbilly with advanced degrees and lots of education. But anyway... Uh, I, think the, I think the remoteness of the state lends itself oh, yeah. to, and, and this is this is something it was just watching. Like uh, Alaska has the most UFO sightings of anywhere in the United States, Alaska, mm-hmm. is, because it's so vast. It's, it's a lot. It's a yeah. lot like West Virginia, just just way, 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 way bigger. Big, yeah. Well, and and, and we have also said this is West Virginia. It is, you know, like you said, you lived in a holler inside a holler. Okay. Yeah. Something that was from prehistoric times was still going to survive like a pterodactyl or a thunderbird, you know, whatever flying creature. What better place to do it than West Virginia? And especially the coal mines. How many of the Mm -hmm. coal mines are abandoned? And if we, you know, it's starting to come out that, you know, we think maybe UFOs are many of them are from here, you know, underwater or from a cave system. And that's where the mm-hmm. West Virginia is riddled with that. Absolutely. Know? Well, there's yeah. also, I mean, the, the, the other thing is about West Virginia, because it's so mountainous and, and what have we learned about weird stuff like with David Pilates and missing 411, the uh, certain types of rocks, the granite, you know, mm-hmm. certain types of rocks and, and it's mountainous. And you got, you got, Mag, you know, magnetism and different things like right. that that would make it. You know, look, UFOs aren't going to hide out in New York City. No, they're, they're going to go where the best moonshine is, probably. <laughs> so what? So what? So what then? So what was the other great experience you had in that same month? And and these are all in West Virginia. Like you guys are going to college in West Virginia, then right? Too. Okay, right. So what? So what was the, the next incident? Well. Um... The, the question about whether it's man-made, that pops up with this one because although the other one, I, I don't know how we could have at the time done anything like that. We could have stolen it, <laughs> but I don't think we could have made it. But this this next one, the wife and I, well, girlfriend at the time, uh, saw was a giant black triangle. And uh, it was hovering so low over the town that the, t- the town lights were sort of reflecting off of the surface. And it wasn't the Death Star. It wasn't, you know, a Star Wars-y thing. It was smooth, but it looked like it had seams. It's almost like the black surface was, was tile of a sort. Mm-hmm. There were There were three orangish colored lights one at each corner and i'm telling you this this thing was enormous uh it could have been an aircraft carrier it was so big you know the interesting thing is i was watching it's been a few years now somebody was doing an account of ufo science and they described the exact same thing you're describing 
Yeah, I've heard, I've heard a couple of uh, encounters talking about yeah. just that kind of crap. What I was going to ask you, uh, Ryan, was um, were they, I mean, was it completely silent or did it make any kind of a noise? No sound. I didn't feel anything. I Nothing. It was completely silent. It was barely moving at all for, for a while. And then it just sort of floated off into the, into the distance. Uh, the, the surface of it reminded me at the time of the black heat tiles that they, they used to put on the bottom of the space shuttle. Okay. All right. And that's why I thought, is that ours? Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, if it is or was ours, we were way ahead of anywhere we thought we were in 95. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah. <clears throat> Um, and, and, you know, um, my friend Earl and I, uh, one night we were together and he actually says that, now this is something he remembers that I don't. He says that we saw that again, we were together and he remembers seeing it and saying to me, I think it's going to land on top of us. And then he says he remembers it flying off and doesn't remember, uh, or I don't remember that at all. I don't remember that happening. He said afterwards, I drove around like a crazy man for a while, and then things seemed to go back to normal. Wow! Like you were, weren't like you totally I don't weren't know. yourself. Like yeah. you weren't. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah, I, I don't know. I have no idea what happened. You know, both those times, I was not aware. You know, the second time I was not aware at all. The time before that, uh, I had no idea what time it was i remember the wife and i we got back into the car and i was like did we lose time did we lose time and neither of us knew what time it was actually we actually we'd been arguing <laughs> <laughs> wow see now there is a practical use for ufos anytime a couple, yeah anytime a couple's fighting have a ufo should show up you yeah know? yeah I mean, well it certainly does leave you speechless <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, I guess one of the questions I have then about the way you describe it, the way, what type of propulsion system, now I'm not an engineer or anything like that, but what type of propulsion system allows allows a vehicle to to basically hover, especially something that massive? Silently. I mean, silent. I mean helicopters, right. and, and I, was, I was watching Joe Rogan had Neil Tyson Degrassi on, and they were asking about, are we going to have flying cars? And, and, and DeGrasse says, we're never going to have flying cars. And Rogan's like, well, why is that? And he says, you understand the, the engineering, the math behind a helicopter. You, you, the, 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 something about the lift has to equal, and it's all this crazy math, but that's why the helicopters are so loud, and, and, and they have to have these propellers, and they blow stuff everywhere they go. You so can't even get a jetpack. What do you think? No, it's like, this is, this is, listen, you, you cannot, we, we do not have the ability in the now or in the foreseeable future to create a car that could just hover, it could just drive, it could, could fly, it just can't happen. Mm -hmm. So now you go back and you look at something as large as what you're describing and the fact it's hovering. What, I mean, what? It's mind-blowing. Right. Mind well, and, that's, sure. and that leads to the question. And so, so one of the things we've always talked about on here is one of the biggest arguments for the fact that there's, you know, aliens are not visiting planet earth is the sheer distance 
between us and any of the near solar systems. I mean, if, if like, what is it? The uh, the Voyager, the Voyager that, mm-hmm. that just passed uh, Pluto and stuff. You know, they they put the the biggest, strongest rocket that had ever been created on Voyager, and it's traveling at so many thousands of miles per hour, and for it to get to our nearest, the nearest solar system, us, it's going to take four thousand years. I know it's forty thousand years. Forty thousand years. The 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 best technology we had, rocket. Okay, unmanned, traveling at the at the velocity that it's traveling will take forty thousand years to get to Alpha Centauri. So you think to yourself, okay, all right, there's no there's no alien to get across to get across the Milky Way galaxy is so unbelievably big. So something for something to visit us, they have to have figured out some sort of way to bend space time. And if they mm. figure that out, then they've mastered the ability to deal with gravity. Absolutely. And, and that mm-hmm. would explain why they would have technology that could could hover, especially a, a craft that big. It's definitely yeah, a yeah. different propulsion system. It's nothing that uh, our understanding of physics would be able to uh, equate to. Nothing well, we actually know we, we actually know how to do it. We know how to bend space-time. It's just impossible for us to actually engineer. <laughs> yeah, it. mathematically, mathematically can be it, done. Yes, yeah. but uh, we don't have the technology to implicate that, or the energy to be able to do right, it. Right, that's the problem. The, the amount of energy that would be required for us to create a wormhole, which we can do mathematically, we can mm-hmm. do it. The amount of energy that we would take does not exist. Yep, I, I know a physicist who has a theory. Do tell, uh, but he he postulates. Okay, he postulates that Einstein didn't know everything and that there are other uh, photons with different kinds of force fields working within the realm of light, things that we, we haven't understood or haven't seen. And recently, if, if you uh, have seen any of the science journals physicists have been talking about a discovery of a new new action new reaction of some particles uh which is basically what charles had been talking about um you guys probably should try to get in touch with charles because he has much cooler stories to tell than me because uh you're either going to decide i'm crazy or he's crazy when i say this but i spent a lot of time studying him, researching. Uh, I really believe that while he was with the Air Force, he worked with aliens. Um, He's not a Bob Lazar kind of guy. It's a different situation. His name's Charles James Hall. There's a, a documentary about his life on Amazon right now called Walking with the Tall Whites. Okay. Uh, give that a look. I've read all his books. Charles, if you ever hear this, I'm so sorry. He's not the greatest writer in the world, but his stories are incredible. Um, are you say he's a physicist or is that a different guy? He, he, he's a physicist. Okay. Um, as a young man in the 60s, he joined the Air Force to go to college. Uh They gave him some tests, found out he was a smart guy and a math whiz. They assigned him, excuse me, they assigned him to uh, Nellis Air Base, 
because they had a project they wanted to try out. And they didn't tell him what it was. They sent him out as a weather observer on the bomb ranges. Uh, um, Jason, you know where Indian Springs is by any chance? Uh, I've heard of it, but I, I couldn't tell you where it's at on the map. What state is this? It, it's, is this space it's Nevada. It's okay. just it's just up from Las Vegas. Okay, so it's on uh, ninety five. Yeah, if so it, I probably passed it. Indian Springs is a speck, and there's a little Air Force base there now. They call it Creech, and that's where he spent a lot of his time. He was stationed there in Nellis. And up in those valleys up near where Area 51 is, Mm -hmm. uh, he talks about the fact that there was an alien base there. And the Air Force started working with them and developing a program to try to get technology uh, as far back as the 60s. Now, that's stuff that the locals used to say when I would stop at a truck stop that was uh, over there near uh, the turnoff to go to uh, Pahrump, Nevada. Yeah. This little truck stop that was over there on the left about a few miles i'd say about five miles back from that turnoff and um i would go in there and i would always talk to those people because there was some old timers in there and they would tell me about the activity that used to come off of some of them underground labs they had over there because what you see when you're looking out right. to the fence is not uh area 51 <laughs> that's where the cool stuff mm-hmm. is underground yeah, and they would talk about what the, what used to fly out overhead, and and yeah, there's there's some there's something to that for sure. Yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, Charles describes it at great length. Um, you know, people think what they're going to think. Some people can't deal with it. Uh, some people are open to it. I get it because I was raised in the empirical method. I, I I'm a concrete, rational kind of guy. But I've experienced so much that's beyond, you know, my ability to explain, Mm -hmm. you know, know, like the giant triangle that makes no sound, can hover or go really fast. Right. Yeah. Um, So let me ask you this, Brent. What's their end game? Yeah. I mean, what's their end game? I mean, if these are, if these are, if these are people or these, this is a species uh, from another world. What's their end game? Because some people theorize, and and I kind of sometimes am one of them. I'm not convinced that it's. I'm not convinced that it is alien life. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I think it's us. We have we mm-hmm. ten thousand, twenty thousand years old. We've mastered time travel, and that's why we come back. We they observe, but they don't just come out and say, "Hey, you know, we're another." I mean, you just. I'm a history major, so 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 history of human beings and species, and, and I'm not just about human beings. You're talking about primates. We're talking about insects. Right. I don't care what genome you're in, genus. I should say, no, genus you're in. Any species that is more powerful, stronger, and knows it is, always takes over lesser, inferior areas. It happens. Mm-hmm. It just always happens. And if there is this race or species that have mastered space travel, um, why they have not just taken us over, why they haven't, you know, I don't, I don't know. So that's why it lends to, to some theories is that, look, what we're really seeing is us. Um, it's just time travel. They're, they're coming back, studying, doing whatever it is, whatever, whatever reason they're doing. 
And that's why they just almost never make contact. And, and that's possible. And like the alien the thing abduction is, stories, they talk about alien abductions. They talk about the people, they, they see the big light and they're on a table and they're being probed. Right. Wouldn't it make sense that if, if, if future selves came back, they would pick people up, they would study and maybe they're trying to solve, there's a virus in the future and maybe they're going back to say, listen, the secret to mm-hmm. solving this virus is in our ancestors' DNA, blah, blah, blah. Because we never hear any stories about the aliens killing these people. They take them, they do right. something, they just let them go. I mean, does that sound like the actions of somebody's trying to take you over? I don't know. It doesn't. And that lends credibility to, to the thesis. The thing is, is that, you know, we can only look at any situation through our own, you know, social and cultural lens. So we're judging them on our own morals and values. Mm-hmm. But what really drives them, you know, is a mystery. Um, uh, are they, you know, what are they, who are they, where are they from, when are they from, are we talking other planets, are we talking other, like, realities, interdimensional, so many things. I mean, I've seen things at the foot of my bed. I, I uh, heck, one night, one night, and this is the only time this has ever happened in my life, I heard this uh, horrible sound, you know that alarm clock sound, that buzz sound? that alarm clocks all used to make. Mm, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard that no sound. It, oh, my gosh. It was relentless, and it was it was in my ear, and it woke me up, and I was trying to find it and stop it when uh, I realized I didn't have an alarm clock. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> That's always a- it, it, it was buzzing in my ear, and I was like, what am I, you know, having an aneurysm? What is this? And I look up, and uh, on the wall, I see um, letters, pictographs, something between runes and letters. I don't know, know how to describe it. They were pink, and they were in gray boxes on the wall in front of me. The wall wasn't the wall. I was seeing this, this weird writing. And I looked at that, and I looked down the hall, and I saw a being, not very tall, couldn't have been any more than five feet tall, but I wear glasses, and I could not make out features, okay? I didn't have my glasses. Uh, I saw the being, and it kind of beckoned me to come, and I was like, nope, nope, nope. (laughs) And I just kind of ducked under the covers and said, we're done now. And, you know, that was it. I don't think anything else happened. I went back to sleep. Now, did something happen? Was it a memory? Was it a dream, a hypnagogic hallucination? Uh, I've never known anybody to have that alarm clock sound in a hallucination, but I don't know. Could Uh, you, thinking back, could you make any sense of what the pictures and stuff you were seeing on where the wall was? It wasn't like any kind of writing I've ever seen. So, you know, I, I really don't know. I tried to record or, or write down what I could remember, um, but I can't find them anywhere. I, I, I don't know what it was. Wow. Jeez. <laughs> well, lucky you that, uh, yeah. I mean, do you, so do you believe that this has 
like that is more than just seeing lights in the sky. That's some sort of yeah. either, like you said, repressed memory coming back yeah. or an actual event that you remember in, you know, at the time. So it's progressively like escalated your experience with yeah, aliens yeah. or whatever it is we're, you know, we want to call this. I, I do have a memory of floating backward in light. I don't have a memory of an abduction per se. Um, I do remember how it felt floating. It was just a sense of, I don't know, just joy, bliss. You know, it, it felt great. So it didn't so, feel like uh, you were just moving. It actually gave you a, I don't know, it, a euphoric it, sensation? Right? Yes, yes, yes. Just warm, euphoric. It was like, I want to keep doing this kind of a feeling. Well, you know, we already mentioned the moonshine. In West <laughs> the moonshine. <laughs> 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 uh, wow. So... So beyond the topic then of you, you know, your experiences with the aliens, do you think then this leads into the other to topics, you know, you're going to tell us about, uh, do you yeah. think are, are they related to Bigfoot? Uh, are they related to Bigfoot? No, I didn't say that, but you did. But here, okay. we <laughs> here we go. Because, yeah. because the more that you're, you know, cause I, you know, I, you, you and I had talked on the phone and we, you know, more of our stuff was about the Bigfoot. So now that I'm hearing, the whole scope of your experiences with extraterrestrials or UFO, like how do yeah. you, so let's, so let's get into then when this other stuff started happening and then maybe we can see if we can, I don't know, figure out, figure something. Out. I look forward to hearing this. You know what school that I subscribe to? I feel that there is a supernatural aspect okay. to Bigfoot as well as a physical aspect. All right. All right. Well, let's, well let's, yeah. Yep. My experience with the big guy has been a little odd. Um, and, you know, there is a relationship between those things and the lights in the woods, the, the events I just discussed, and the appearance of the lights in the woods. Um, I don't have lights in the woods behind the house on a regular basis, but periodically they do pop up. Uh one night I even saw one floating over the tree line. At first I thought it was a helicopter. And then I, I had just gotten home. I got out of the truck and I, I realized it wasn't making any sound. <laughs> um, so I, you know, don't know what that was, but, uh, there was a, a night in particular, um, it was near spring or early spring and there was a little snow on the ground and the leaves were off, so there was it was easy to see behind the house down into the woods. There's a there's a little spring back there and a game trail. And the spring runs down to a little pond, and there are some neighbors down there that I can't really see, but I know they're there. Uh and so the, the big guy, he spends some time down there. But anyway, uh these lights one night I saw them from the kitchen and I said something, I'm going to go out and see you. my, my daughter, I guess this was two or three years ago. So she was 14. She said, I want to go too. So we went out, you know, trudged out into the snow and 
started to stare at these things. And I started to send you a few pictures, but honestly, individual stills don't do it much justice. Uh, there were these lights hovering above the ground and, uh, you know, there wasn't any reason for them to be there. They were just there. Um, I didn't want to, well, I did want to walk down there and I was a little scared to walk down there at the same time. Um, I tried to get pictures with the phone. I did do that. The pictures are interesting because the lights would kind of come on, come on and go off. The colors would change. The intensity would change. Sometimes they would switch off and switch on a little bit in a slightly different position. Um, the, the weirdest thing was they, they knew that we were there and I was like flashing lights and trying to see if they would react and nothing really happened. But like I said, there were neighbors down there beyond my sight and there's a little road down there and a car came down that road. And as the car got to the point where it would have been able to look up and see the lights, the lights all switched off until the car went by and then they popped on again. Wow. <laughs> oh man. So, you know, my daughter and I are watching this and in the pictures, it's kind of cool because it's almost like they change shape, like they will sort of break up and dissipate and then reform, almost like they're made of a bunch of little tiny lights. Uh, so I don't know what the heck that is. I, I really don't, um, whether it's some kind of weird natural phenomena or brown mountain lights. Um it doesn't have to do with the geology or does it have to do with Bigfoot? Uh, it was after that, that the first time I saw the, the Bigfoot back there was after the lights. Up until that time, uh, every now and then in the fall, you know, we'd be going to bed uh, and something would come up and slap the back of the house. And for a long time, I wrote it off as something paranormal because I was into ghost hunting. I thought, well, you know, maybe somebody follows me home or, you know, whatever. That doesn't make it right. I'm just pointing that out. <laughs> that just because you're into ghost doesn't mean something smacking the house is okay. But, uh, but, but go on. <laughs> <laughs> well, we had um, – the property uh, is covered in uh, fruit and nut trees and bushes. Um there were these walnut trees back there and I had to have them cut down because they had grown to the point that they were starting to really, you know, ruin the roof. Right. And so the, the very week that I had them cut down, this thing comes by and hits the house so hard that I was like, gee, you know, what's coming through. I got the next day and there's a hole in the siding where it had smacked it. it. It broke the vinyl. Wow. <laughs> I think, it, I think it was mad that we cut down the walnut trees. Yeah, well, probably I, I, was. It might've been eating yeah. those walnuts. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But I've, I've got other walnut trees and I've got apple trees and cherry trees and there are hickory nuts galore, you know, so okay. there's plenty of food. Uh, and where I live, there are more cows and deer than there are people. So, you know, they're not lacking in food, but I think he got ticked off 
because his trees were gone. Well, I mean, people described, I mean, Native Americans, some tribes, not all, described them as basically spirit animals of the protectors of the forest. And there you are cutting down maybe some <laughs> sort of sacred tree. Sacred tree. And, and yeah. you screwed up big time, man. <laughs> yeah, some of that. Uh, We're not trying to shame you. Some so. of that folklore actually uh, refers to them as stewards. They were stewards yeah. of the forest. Yeah. So, so well, how do you report that claim on your insurance? <laughs> yeah, forget that. Um, <laughs> but no, really, I thought you know, I guess I'm going to show my age. I thought Nolan Ryan had pitched a fastball, you know, at the house. Mm-hmm. It was. It was tremendous. Um, I, I guess I have to explain somehow to Bigfoot that I have to be a steward of the roof. And yeah. He has to be a steward of the forest. Yeah, exactly. hey, let me, hey, let us, hey, let us know how that conversation goes. Yeah. See if he's yeah. Open to yeah. Well, uh, he, he the, hmm, there is an element of mind speak of a sort, I think, that they can do. Um, hmm. yeah, we've had guests After, to come on and tell us that. Yes, it's kind of creepy the way they describe it, but you can hear yeah. their, you can hear inside your head what they're saying. It's sort of like you can hear their thoughts or something. Perfect communication. Do they speak in an accent, like a West Virginia accent? Oh, yes. Yeah. So, but if you're gonna live down here, you got to talk like we do. Right? So does the Bigfoot talk like you? Does they have like a distinct like English? Uh, well you know only uh, the more refined big feet (laughs) all all, all right mate (laughs) (laughs) i hope my english friends don't listen to this yeah i know that's bad Even we got uh, like over five thousand listeners in the UK. We, we might not want to. Yeah, we might not want to go that route like that. <laughs> so, so we'll put you on the spot like we do every guest. But so Bigfoot, real, uh, real animal, just like a primate or supernatural. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so after so after it smacks after it puts a hole in the house. So yeah. then, so then what? Um. Okay, the first time I really got any kind of look at him, uh, wife and daughter were away. I was home alone. Um, and let me let me add, I'm an outdoorsy kind of guy. I love to spend time outside. I love to be in the in the backyard, even if I'm not doing anything. I'd rather be there or be in the woods. That that who I used to be anyway. I, I'm not a hunter. I don't like to kill things. I've never liked to kill things. Even when I went hunting with my dad and brother, I always figured uh, I would end up feeding the deer rather than shooting the deer. <laughs> but uh, and I think that I think somehow or other that gets across hmm. um, to to Bigfoot. I think he knows I wouldn't hurt him. But I got to tell you, he is big. Uh, so this night that the wife and daughter are gone. I'm watching a movie, and from my seat, I've got all the lights off. There's one lamp on that's providing just enough light to block my view through the kitchen window. But I glanced over that way because you know how you do when you feel like you're being looked at, being watched. You Mm -hmm. kind of look. 
Well, I looked and I saw something and I looked back at the TV and I realized that I had just seen something. And I looked back and when I looked back, I saw him turn his whole body. He just turned and walked away. So all I saw was a shape. Okay. Because of the light, I couldn't make out any features, any details. Well, my heart was racing. I mean, thumping. Uh, I wanted to go outside and I thought you're alone. Don't go outside. And, uh, I didn't. <laughs> I said, who's going to call and uh, get an ambulance to put you back together. If this thing rips you off, rips your arms off, beats you to death with them. <laughs> But when I, when I went out the next day and I stood at that same window, I realized this thing was between eight and nine feet tall. And uh, it was two of me wide. And I'm 6'2", you know. I'm not a little guy. <laughs> right. This thing was just enormous. And so that was the first physical sighting I had. The next was uh, a glance in the woods. And I had gone into the house, but I forgot something, and I turned around to come right back out. And at that moment, it chose to jump across the one area where I could see it. Mm. Big black critter. Um, and then the next time I got a much closer look at it, I was maybe 30 feet away at the most. I heard, I, I'd walked down to my bird feeders. I love to feed the birds. Uh, because I, I have a physical condition that limits the things that I can do. I can't get out into the woods like I used to. So uh, I feed the birds, and I, I do a lot of photography. Um, I went down to fill those feeders, and I heard something over the hill. And there's an old barbed wire fence there that separates my property from that, that little hollow. Uh and I saw this head sort of going by, and it had to know that I was there. I wasn't being quiet. And it was this big, blacker-than-black, hairy head. Uh, all I could really see was the top of it, okay? It, it had to be on all fours, hunkered down doing a belly crawl by there uh, because the, the slope on the hill there is probably about 45 degrees. Well, if it had stood up, I would have gotten a good look at it. So it crosses my, my path of vision, which is not really big. You know, when the leaves are on, you just, you can't see very far at all. And then my dogs hear something down there. Now, ordinarily, the dogs will not go near one. If they know it's there, they will not go near it. Then the dogs ran down there, and I was terrified. This thing's going to kill my dogs. The dogs went down there and sniffed around and smelled and looked, and it was like it was gone. Hmm. It was like it just vanished. <laughs> um. The first time I ever saw the dogs react to it was on a dark morning. It was early. It was rainy. Uh, 
family and I, we were on our way out. We walked out the door and heard this loud ruckus when we got outside. And uh, it was behind the fence line. And, and there's so much stuff there, you know, deadfall brush, uh, multiflora rose, just it's, it's a mess back there. So, you know, you could hide back there and I'd never see you. Um, but I heard this noise and the dog, my big dog, who chases everything, you know, if a deer comes near, she's going to run it, you know, fox, raccoon, whatever it is, she's, she's going to chase. She heads that direction, and I think I'm going to see some deer run by. And all of a sudden, she just freezes. She stops in her tracks, points that way, refuses to move. And then I hear huge footsteps, thump, 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 run up the mountainside. And it's steep. This thing covered 100 yards in no time. And it gets to this certain point when it's pretty far away. And it sounded like it took a, a, a one tree and slapped it against another. Like it was saying, hey, do not follow me. And you can bet I didn't. So, so do you think you're seeing the same one? Or do you think you're seeing multiples? I'm pretty sure I heard a family of them. Um, I tried catching pictures on a game camera. Uh, let me tell you, that is a futile thing to do. It uh, doesn't matter where you put it, where you hide it, where whether they see it, whether they hear it, whether they can see infrared, I don't know, but they will not go near a game camera. Um, I tried that with apples, by the way. Set out apples in a bucket that I tied in a tree. They will come by and they will take those apples unless there's a game camera pointed at it. <laughs> Move that game camera and it'll untie that knot, take down that bucket, eat six pounds of apples in a night, no problem. Um, and they seem to really like Macintosh, at least mine do. <laughs> uh, I mean, have you ever thought so, about like getting a ghillie suit, digging yourself in and... <laughs> And putting some some squatch scent on you, so well, I can imagine that no. they can smell and you. Trying to, yeah, I don't trying think to, that wouldn't even work. But, probably, but but there is a. I'm aware your cologne. <laughs> That'll bring them in. <laughs> but the whole game camera thing—that is something you hear story after story right. after story. That that people yeah. that they just so I mean that is not something that's just. A one-time thing. That's a common occurrence. Oh, everybody says that they can't. They can detect. Mm -hmm. they, they can see infrared. They know. They can smell. They're, you know, something. Yeah, I yeah. think their their senses are much more acute than ours. I really think. so. Yeah, all animals are. I mean, yeah, they, they they. I mean, obviously they have to. They're predators. They have to hunt. They have to forage. Their eyesight, their sense of smell, their sense of hearing. Everything, everything is more yeah. heightened than ours. Mm -hmm. The only thing yeah. that's better is 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 my third eye. His third eye is <laughs> But you need to trim those eyelashes back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm batting them at you right now, Jason. Oh, so, so has um, has your wife or your daughter experienced um, the big? Food? My daughter, my daughter caught a glimpse out uh, the kitchen window. Scared her to death. She acknowledges that they're there. She feels like they have come to her in her dreams. Um, 
she does not want to see them person to person though you know it, it really it frightens her and i don't blame her uh even when i'm just hearing the thing it makes my heart pound like crazy uh and yeah i i swear one night it gave me a dream because it gave me memories and a dream and there were people and things that weren't mine it, it wasn't my memory um uh, but it was like a memory uh, a memory of an event where it encountered a terrified human that wanted to shoot it wow yeah and, and so i think you know they know that we get scared when we get scared we tend to lash out um but buddy i i wouldn't dream of ever shooting one uh i don't even want people to to come by my place and, and, and try to see them i'm hoping you know to get an easy going sort of relationship with them where at the very least i can see them from a distance and they can see me you know so you're gonna, uh, like, I don't you think... want to be like more like a, like Jane Goodall going out into the into the and and trying to befriend the gorillas and eventually where you can actually just assimilate into their. <laughs> well, uh, you know, I'm already hairy and I smell kind of bad, so yeah, maybe yeah. maybe you borrow Jason's cologne. Better <laughs> <laughs> bring them in. Yeah, in. <laughs> so you're so you're at peace though with these creatures now, so. That leads me back to the original question. Do you think there's a correlation then between you seeing UFOs and having some experiences with extraterrestrials, and then on this property you now live, you're experiencing Bigfoot? I wouldn't rule it out. I think maybe, I mean, I think I'm a paranormal magnet, uh, and maybe that, that that all does fit together, you know. Um, Earl asked me recently, he said, uh, well, have you had Bigfoot around? And I said, no, I haven't seen any sign for a couple of weeks. And he laughed at me and he's like, you know, most people wait their entire lives hoping to see Bigfoot. And you're upset because you haven't seen him in two weeks. <laughs> I I believe, and I'm sitting in a room with somebody who has experienced stuff their whole life and continues to experience. I, I mean, I think you coming on here and basically admitting, you know, because we haven't even got into the ghost stuff. I think maybe we might save that for the Patreon page, you know, some of your ghost stuff. Mm -hmm. But... um it's obvious that you, you know, for some reason, were, are able to experience the UFOs, right. experience the aliens, experience spirits, and then are open to big. I think there's probably way more people than than you could even imagine listening to shows like ours, mm -hmm. saying, "I totally get it," and people mm -hmm. think I'm crazy. Well, you know, from my own personal yeah. experiences that. You know, I've had had numerous paranormal experiences as a kid, even as an adult, seen a cryptid, and and I'm reluctant to. And I just had an experience last night, and and I'm reluctant to tell anybody because they're like, oh yeah, what's the odds that this guy's had this, this, and this? 
You know what I mean? It's like the, the, yeah. the people start talking. It's astronomically low. He's clearly embellishing this. He's trying to get attention. So I'm reluctant to even share some of the experiences I had because I don't because people say, well, that's just too much. It's, it's, it's just too yeah. much. But here's the thing is, you're not alone, okay? Because yeah. we're talking to Brian right now. He's doing the same thing. You know, the guests, that's, I mean, I'm going to throw the time continuum on, but our show that will <laughs> be on, we're recording on a Wednesday. The show it's going to be on Friday. Uh, he's, you know, that gentleman had has different kinds of experiences, you know, from paranormal because we'll just call, you know, my book, the ghost stuff is the paranormal. I don't think, right. I don't think experiencing Bigfoot's all that paranormal. I think it's, no, I don't you either. know, I think it's just, a, uh, you I, know, I, but it's all, but if you're open to one, I think it opens you up to, well, to more. I, I, I was talking to a certain family member of mine and says, there's no way Bigfoot's uh, uh, alien said they'd wear clothes. If you're so sophisticated, <laughs> if you're so sophisticated that maybe you maybe we're we're unsophisticated because we wear coats. Look at the well, French. Here's, here's one the of the things. Would go maybe, around naked maybe, maybe if they it's could. the king's new clothes. Yeah. Here's one of the things I was wanting to say about that. It was that uh, and these, Jason is wearing clothes. Just yes, for absolutely. I'm not the Sasquatch. Maybe only for the podcast. <laughs> only for the podcast. He's <laughs> but uh, but yeah, uh, I I think that um, that people are starting in this industry that there's so many researchers out there now people are starting to understand that it might run in families just having this intuitive nature or something about maybe your vibrational quality or something but multiple people have different uh types of sightings like one person that may have seen a bigfoot may have also had some ufo experience or they may have had uh i don't know a ghost experience or it's just west virginia well, no, I'm just, I'm just saying I think it's because just I mean, people used is. to think that, you know, it's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. Yeah. But right. think about it, even with the uh, alien abduction things. They used to think, oh, it's once once-in-a-lifetime thing. And then they, now uh, the whole industry is leaning towards believing that, that it, it travels in families. I mean, it, it's, you yeah. may have had an abduction, an abduction multiple times, or somebody else in your family may have had an abduction. Yeah. <sighs> But he's got the trifecta. You know, the trifecta. That is awesome. Alien, he's a researcher's ghosts, cryptids. Yep. I mean, that's, that is the, the, the trifecta. I'm not really sure that there's a... That's a researcher's dream. I mean, unless we're going we're gonna to call demonology its own branch of the paranormal. I, I don't know. He's, he's got it through cover. But, you know, the thing about it is I'm glad Brian's telling these stories because, I mean, I'm we know. Like, we know there mm-hmm. are other people out there. I was just watching... Uh, I was just watching Travel Channel. I don't know if it was Monsters and Mystery or whatever. Sometimes they retool those names. It's the same show. <laughs> but uh, but they're talking about a guy, and, and he'd had experience 30 years. And I says, well, you know, I just didn't want to tell anybody because I was scared to be ridiculed. Like, how many times? Exactly. How mm-hmm. many times have we heard that? And, mm-hmm. uh, and ton. And, like, with me, and, and, yeah. and like, I, I don't want to share certain experiences. So I'm like, look, people are going to think I'm just making this up because it's too much. It's just too many, too many experiences. You can't, that can't be real. Yeah, so imagine yeah. the so imagine the person on the outside looking at the person talking about it saying, Well, that's too much. Well imagine what the person who's experiencing this is thinking. Yeah, it's yeah. definitely too much because because every time I turn around, something's going on. Well, that's why I say yeah. I've said this time and time again. That's why we started the From the Shadows podcast. We are a platform so that people can relay their stories and their experiences that they've had. 
and not have to worry about being ridiculed. Have people. And that's totally why I'm here. Absolutely. That is why I'm here. I appreciate you being here. Yes. It's kind of cathartic to, to get to just lay all of it out. Yep. Um, well, and then you get to a point when you tell enough, when you tell your story enough times, you get to the point where you don't care who hears it because you're like, look, if you don't believe me, you don't believe me. That's fine. You know, there's people out there yeah, and there that are that conglomerate in a place like on our forums that we have, also on the After the Shadows page, which is our Facebook group, where the, there is no, it's not a judgmental thing. We understand. We we realize that feels there's like Jason's questions. doing a commercial for the podcast. Now. There's questions <laughs> out there that need to be answered. And by right. more people we can get to speak on their experiences, the closer we come to maybe obtaining some of these answers. Yeah, the odd thing is the more we learn, the more questions we have. I don't know. I'm so like, like, what's the name of that cologne that I wear? <laughs> Sex Panther. <laughs> so, Brian, what... You know, as we as we kind of close this episode out, what what is it that you know somebody listening to this, what you know that maybe is str- is struggling having these experiences? I mean, what would you tell them as as an experiencer about you know the the cathartic feeling that you have, you know, about telling about talking about it? I think that. Talking about it is the best thing you can do if you can find a safe place like your show where you can just lay it all out and say, this is what I've lived through. You know, this is what's happened Um, because there are other people, like you said, we're out here. We want to hear from you because we all want validation that we've had these things happen and we're not nuts. Well, we hope we're not. The trouble with being nuts is you're the last person that will ever know. Mm-hmm. Oh, we tell you, don't worry. Look, is being the last sane man in this room make me crazy? <laughs> no, we encourage people to come out and tell us their story. And the more people we get to do that, the closer we're going to come to finding these answers. So, so what do you, so what do you hope then? What do you hope happens with, you know, with your experiences with, Bigfoot and seeing UFOs. I mean, do you hope it keeps going and you and you learn more, or at some point are you gonna be happy if it just never happens again? Oh, I'd be unhappy if it stopped. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think he already basically said he wants to he wants yeah. to be able to form some sort of broker some yeah. sort of understanding with with Bigfoot that he could sit and observe and watch them and. You know, eventually he can see their children playing, and he can observe them from a <laughs> see their children. No, it's like, it's like, yeah, like, an, yeah. like, chimps, a, yeah. like I'm imagining the soundtrack right now. Someday I'm going to shoot the documentary about him and how he immersed himself in the Sasquatch culture, and then eventually, yes. you know, he left his family for one. And, you know, there's a very it's, it's, stay tuned to this Temple yeah. Road production. It's it's, it's, it's a, a romantic here. comedy. Romantic, oh God. <laughs> If an alien decides to land in the yard and wants to come out and have a chat and bring Bigfoot along, I would love to have some answers, you know? Absolutely. That's really my whole life because of these experiences. All I've done is look for answers and I've got a head full of theories and ideas and and podcasts and shows and books and and people. Uh, And I, I've changed my mind more times than I can count about what I think they are from when I thought Bigfoot was just an ape 
to Bigfoot is definitely more than an ape. Um, do I know what he is exactly? No, <laughs> but I really would like to know. But you definitely know that there's an intelligence out there beyond what you have in your your ape or chimpanzee kind of a primate. So Brian has drawn the line in the sand. He's officially in that camp. Yes, he is. We keep a running tally of which camp. And and it's a very vicious rivalry between people (laughs) who think they're just biological creature versus having some sort of... It is similar to, and this only the Ohio people and and surround, it's similar to being on the Gemini and being in the blue car and the red car, <laughs> and who's going to see your point? That's your point. Who's you got to let finish. people know. Remember, we got <laughs> listeners all over the world, and don't even know about Cedar Point. I'm not doing an advertisement for Cedar Point. They never did. Yeah, they never did anything for I the front thinking, shuttle pilots. They barely right? made something that I can fit in anymore. I, I mean, was thinking of more of like a, either you're a Reds fan or an Indians fan. Oh, if you're a baseball Braves. fan, oh, Braves. Braves yeah. Listen, West Virginia doesn't have baseball. They they don't like to let people have bats. You know, <laughs> so that wanna, boy ruined that. <laughs> well, look, so the last question I'm going to have for you, and we'll let you, and we'll let you go, is it, what is more? I don't want to say terrifying because I think you've kind of come to grips with. The, I don't think but, you're scared at all. But what what is more startling the the Seeing a UFO or, or the, you know, having a, a dream encounter of maybe with some aliens, seeing the Bigfoot, and the you know, come up to the backyard knowing it's out there just beyond in the shadows or experiencing a ghost. Um, hmm. um, I think when things mess with your head, when, when, when they get in your head, when they talk to you or, uh, try to you know get into your dreams that's that's kind of a violation that feels like a violation it's a personal space thing like it's like you know whoa you know let's let's use mouths <laughs> please let's not do this that's a great um, answer yeah yeah because you have no you have no control over that i'll tell you yeah. again jason's mind they're gonna have to take a nice warm shower with soap when they're done <laughs> oh, I apologize for that comment, Ryan. That's, they don't uh, get in his uncalled. mind. They've been there. Uncalled. No, <laughs> you guys, <laughs> you should approach Doctor Squatch and see if they want to become a sponsor. Um, <clears throat> right. <laughs> After this show, I think the answer is no. <laughs> well, Brian, hey Brian, I we appreciate uh, you coming on. You feeling like. We are. We were the people that you wanted to come tell your stories. Yeah, to. we really appreciate yeah, it because, I, you know, I just knew the tip of the iceberg. I had no idea of all the times that you had been uh, privy to seeing <laughs> UFOs. I mean, that to me that that is the scariest part because we have really no idea what that is. Ghosts, you can kind of wrap your head around, even like something running out in the woods, peeking. Yeah. Peeking. But man, something from another planet or an intelligent life, even from this planet that's not us, that kind of freaks me out. So um, we need to learn. I, I, well, I, I love it. Listen, if we have a, if we have that uh, access to that technology, why can't I drive past the dump out here on Old Route Thirty and my cell phone not go out? I mean, come on, let's let's. They're not sharing that. Let's step it up yet. a little bit. Jeez. But, uh, you know, we hey, we definitely appreciate you coming on and sharing with everybody. I'm sure our listeners are, have loved hearing your uh, experiences. And yes. 
you know, stay safe. Stay safe. Don't go. Don't go chasing. Hey, listen. If you disappear, we're gonna write this up as alien abduction. I don't think the Sasquatch <laughs> wants you. He could have already had you. Yeah. So I'm gonna write this up alien abduction. Feel free to yeah. recommend some other people if they go to talk to you about this and uh, invite. Let them know. You know, get in contact with us and we'll get them on the air and uh, if they can handle sound, it. Or enough. or if you want to talk to Brian, get a hold of us. Yes. And and if Brian's okay with it, we'll we'll get every, we'll get somebody in touch that just wants to maybe share their experiences with somebody else that don't forget that had experiences as well for sure for e- sure yeah don't sure. forget emails questions at from the shadows podcast at gmail and gmail gmail and uh, you know we love to we love to talk I love to talk to people because especially people all over the world their experiences share my experiences stuff like that it's a super cool thing to do. To the rest of our new audience out there and existing people, uh, share episodes uh, with your friends. Uh, turn other people on to the program. Jason but is just a he is commercial for our podcast. <laughs> more importantly, join After the Shadows, which is our Facebook group, because that's a good way to speak yeah. with other people that are of like mind, like us. Yeah, And if you share... At least ten times, Jason will send you his own personal scent. <laughs> oh, wow! Okay, I'm going to wrap up this episode because this is just going so far off it's, the rails. Thank you, Brian. Nice. We appreciate yeah. it. Brooke, so, Brian, thank you. you, Brian. Thank you so much, and and we'll get together and we'll uh, we'll talk uh, your goat, some of your ghost stories. We'll we'll do that uh, sure for, for another uh, for another episode. So, but we appreciate <laughs> sure. you. Thank you so much. Keep experiencing and, uh, you know. Be safe out there. Yeah, be safe. You bet. Take care all. All right. All right. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the From the Shadows podcast. Until next time, never shy away from the darkness or what may be lurking in the shadows. We are out. (laughs) know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need viator book guided tours excursions and more in one place there are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from so you can find something for everyone and viator offers free cancellation and 24 7 customer support for worry free travel download the viator app now and use code viator 10 for 10 percent off your first booking in the app find travel experiences for you do more with viator when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.